There are shocking attacks, surprising returns, and no titles actually end up changing hands in my review of NXT TakeOver 31. Okay, before I get into this, um, if you guys hear like a weird mechanical whirring in the background, that's my 3D printer. I got it working, and the only place it can be in my room right now is right next to my microphone. So, hope you guys enjoy that news. And before I get into the review of the show proper, I do want to eat my words. Because earlier in the day, they announced TakeOver would be the debut of the Capitol Wrestling Center. It's like the WWE Thunderdome, but more hardcore and badass. And I laughed at that because it's dumb and also the logo kind of looks like ovaries. And then I saw it. And oh my god, it kicks ass. It's everything that I wanted in the Thunderdome, but better. Because you still have an actual audience on the outside. You've got this chain link fence that gives it this Mad Max feel. And then you do still have some actual fans at home above them. But they're not as in your face as they are in the Thunderdome. So I loved it. It made all of the entrances look amazing. Like, Damian Priest, skipping ahead of the first match, which, of course, was Priest versus Gargano for the North American title. Uh, I used to think Damian Priest's entrance is kind of dumb and gimmicky. Like, it's literally Baron Corbin's old entrance, but with more fire. Oh my god, it looks ten times better in the Thunderdome, or I'm sorry, in the Capitol Wrestling Center. It, it, I was so excited that I just started screaming in my notes, keep this, keep it forever. And I, that Baron Corbin comparison kept coming back during this match because Damian Priest is like good Baron Corbin if you gave him Luchasaurus's moveset. Because that's kind of, he's just a good, good kick boy. And this match was really what I consider his proving ground as a champion and as a performer. It was weird to me that they gave Gargano top billing over the champion. Like, I understand it's Johnny Gargano, but like, he's the champion. No one should come after the champion. And uh, the match was all right. Like Gargano, I like the fact that Gargano can still use his moveset and his speed and his cleverness as a babyface and as a heel. I think that's very, very fun. I thought that it was a little bit different from a normal Gargano match. It was a little bit less fast-paced, or a little bit less hard-hitting, more methodical. Um, I, I did like seeing some new stuff from Gargano, but really, like I said, Priest... Priest didn't impress me. He's impressed me outside of the ring. He's impressed me with his character. But as far as in-ring work, it is just a bunch of kicks, a scream, a forearm smash, and then uh, big power moves. And that that doesn't really impress me. Um, There was a rough kick out after a reversal from the Razor's Edge where it barely looked like Priest kicked out. For a moment, I'm like, are they going to pull a weird referee thing and say he didn't kick out? Um, and as I watched it, the more I realized Damian Priest is perfect for WWE. And unfortunately, that's not a compliment, but he is a big boy with a marketable look who's good at showing aggression. But that's really all he's got, because at near the end of the match, they started trying to do 
what I described as like overly complex spots, like Johnny going for a uh, sunset flip, but Priest catching him, but then Priest weaseling him around his body just to choke slam him. And in a normal, like with people who have done this a very long time, that would look smooth and not look like something that was way too complex. Um, the most impressive spot of the match for me was when Damien leaped over the ring post onto uh, so some, some security guards that Johnny pulled in. And then they did uh, the finish of the match. They tried to tease a step, uh, a steel step spot, because the steel steps were exposed on the outside, so they were trying to tease a like a power bomb onto it or a choke slam, and then it just it just never happened. And that's my thing with wrestling is I understand sometimes you should try to tease something that you're not actually going to do, but you still got to give us something because it was literally that. And then I think Johnny tried for one final beat, gets caught. And then uh, Damien hits his finish for the victory. And three out of five match, they tried, but they just didn't connect. Damien still finding his in-ring persona and trying to find... Because like I, I can tell he really does want to grow and improve and put on Ciampa, Gargano, uh, Cole Lee, those kind of matches. He's just not there yet. But I appreciate the fact that he's trying. That is what I will say about this show. Everyone tried. Uh, up next, we get Kushida versus Velveteen Dream, which if you listen to my NXT review, I was just like, fuck, I, I don't want to. I don't want to watch Dream. And it made me mad because Dream came out as Doc Brown and I was instantly like, ah, fuck, that's good, though. That's a really good idea. Damn it. But luckily, the rest of the match was just a former IWGP junior heavyweight champion beating up a pedophile. So that was all I could really want. Uh, Dream hit himself with a chair at one point, and that was fucking hilarious. This was, as many matches on this card were, a star-making match. This match made Kushida. And what I liked about it is the fact that they did let Dream get some heat. Dream, It wasn't just a one-sided beatdown. Dream got in a bunch of heat. That way, it stops Kushida from seeming like a heel. It stopped Kushida from seeming like uh, just too violent. And I will be honest, my notes at some point just started devolving into me screaming about Kushida beating the fuck out of Velveteen Dream. Um, at one point he had Dream by the arms and was doing the curb stomp spot where you're just constantly curb stomping them over and over and the ref stopped the ref stopped him and I, I don't under if anybody knows message me at Scotty Mo on Twitter why the ref stopped it because Dream wasn't in the ropes from what I saw meaning that it's legal to just stomp on it dude I'm seeing matches end that way but this referee just said no um, and then of course uh, Kushida had always been working on Dream's arm Dream hits the purple rainmaker but he used his injured arm because he's a fucking dipshit and so uh, Kushida kicks out of it and then the most brutal spot of the match, he locks him in the hoverboard lock on the top rope, leaps off, holds on to the hoverboard lock. Finally, like, Dream gets out of it, hits the uh, Dream Valley driver, and then fucking Kushida held on to the lock. It just forced him to tap. Like... I four and a half out of five stars. It ain't perfect because Velveteen Dream was involved, but fuck. Kushida rules. You, this is just a brutal beatdown, and I loved it. 
And then after the match, Kushida continued the beatdown. I don't know if this was supposed to be a quote-unquote heel turn, but for me, I was like, oh my god, is this just them riding Velveteen Dream off my TV? Because if so, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, really good match. That's because I was a little bit disappointed and worried after Priest versus um, Priest versus Gargano, and then this one was like, yes, beat him up. Uh, so then we get a preview for Halloween Havoc, the next NXT quote unquote pay per view, and I think it's going to be on USA on a Wednesday. But still, it's Halloween Havoc. Give me my big pumpkin. I'm excited. So now we have uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Santos Escobar. I had really high hopes for this. Also, I don't know how I never realized that Escobar has the fucking intro to Razor Ramon's theme at the beginning of his. It's really good. And then he had a big sombrero and it was real bizarre. So opening of the match, uh, basic real flippy lucha shit. It was real awkward for a while because... There were moments where Santos was just, like, waiting to get jumped on. I don't understand it. Like, constantly just waiting to get jumped on. So those were some awkward moments. There were a lot of bad cutaways where, like, in real life, they're, like, they're cutting away to, wasn't that an amazing moonsault? But meanwhile, in the ring, there's a pinfall happening. The match could be ending right now. Like, they did it during the Gargano match, too. Like, Johnny locked him in the Gargano no- Gargano escape while they were in a replay. So yeah, get a little bit better about that. Um, I liked Santos kind of using the ropes to be his friend, because of course Swerve is being vicious in this match, and so uh, he's using the ropes to avoid a beatdown, not just avoid a submission. I thought that was clever, I liked that. Um, I also loved when Santos was about to spit on him, and Swerve just covered his mouth. He refused to be disrespected. He's like, fucking let's go! It was, much like the previous match was to put Kushida over, this one put Swerve over. I think, uh, if if this had been the show about putting over new talent, I'm gonna say the worst of it was uh, Damien, then Swerve, because Swerve, like, he just needs, like, a little something, like, a little dash of charisma on there, and he'd be, because he already has a lot, but he just needs a little bit to push him over the edge, and he'd be a champion in no time. Um, I do also like that he kicked out after Legato Del Fantasma interfered, because as wrestling fans, we've been trained, like, oh, they interfere, this is where the end of the match is. The minute he kicks out, you're instantly going, oh, I've got no fucking clue. Who does now? So so who wins now? So that was a good moment. Uh, then Ashanti Adonis came out, and I, uh, I, I had problems with commentary, much like I did this Wednesday. I had a lot of problems with commentary, just because he was not it. You should be treating it like, Ashanti Adonis! Ashanti Adonis is here! He's coming out! He's fighting Legato del Fantasma! Mamma mia! <laughs> and, but he didn't. He was like, oh, he's here. Cool. He's fighting him. I don't... It it just, it didn't have a lot of emotion. There were a lot of spots later in the show that just weren't called in time. Like, they would be talking about something, Finn would hit a coup de grace, and they're like, oh, coup de grace, well, look at that. Uh, and then the moment that freaked me out the most is when Swerve kicked out of the Phantom Driver, which, what the fuck? Are you, I didn't know that was allowed. I didn't know that was legal. I didn't know you could do that. Uh, so, yeah, that was great. Swerve snaps his arm. I honestly thought Swerve had it. 
kick out again. This match fucking ripped. It was great. Uh, the only problem I have is the finish. So earlier in the match, um, it, it's something literally nobody notices. But we all know about the covering on the turnbuckle itself, but we don't talk about the little foam padding around the actual turnbuckle. Because the turnbuckle is actually the thing that connects the ropes to the ring post. It's the little thing with the screws on both ends. So they have uh, coverings on it. Earlier in the match, I saw Santos grab it, and I went, oh, okay, he just like, might have accidentally grabbed onto it and pulled it out. Okay. No, it was part of the finish. That was fucking well done. The only problem is the finish was S- or, um, a swerve falls backwards and is supposed to look like he cracked his head on the turnbuckle, but it didn't read like that. Because, yeah, he grabbed his head, but he made it look like it knocked him out. He made it look like he passed out as it hit him. So, it was rough. I kind of, I wish he would have sold it. Like, really grabbed his head, really went at it. Because he didn't hit, he missed the turnbuckle by a country mile, y'all. So, uh, finally, uh, uh, Santos brings him in. Double underhook, knee, to the finish, one, two, three. uh, Which, you know, hey, Sami Zayn, that's what you should do. Hit your finish. After the turnbuckle spot. Uh, yeah, I, I give this one a 4 out of 5. Like I said, it was a little slow in the beginning. Then the finish was weird. If that ending was well executed, this could have been four and a half, five stars, though. This one could have really been up there. So now we move on to a match that got overshadowed by what happened after the match. And that makes me sad because I was expecting this to be my match of the night. Uh, Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. For the NXT Women's title, I love Candice's new gimmick. Her entrance gear is gorgeous. And uh, at this point, I did once again just start bragging about how cool this fucking arena is because I love it. Um, I love their pre-show announcements where the lights dim, like who wants to be a millionaire, and then they do the announcements. And so I got chills during that. Uh, That's also when I realized it was only 7.30 my time, which made me think... How fucking long are they going to give Finn and Kyle? How long are they giving those boys? Um, This match was an old story, but a good one. It was a heel having a lot of arrogance, and then the baby face using that arrogance against them. Io starting off very strong, Candice getting the advantage, and then... Yeah, just a lot of good heel Candace moments, a lot of heater moments on her. Uh, her Gargano escape looks even more vicious than her husband's. There were multiple ref bumps in a row, at which point I said, oh, great. That's what that's what's going to happen. I do like how Candace uh, uses the Super Dragon curb stomp now. Uh, went for the pinfall, couldn't get it. Gargano comes in, and that's the moment I said, okay, EO's winning, which made me sad because I really wanted Candace to win. Uh, Johnny tries for a three count, and I love this because Johnny did a fast count and EO still kicked out at two. That was really fun. That was really clever. Uh, it was just some good, tasty heel shit. Johnny distracting the referee while I loved that Johnny argued with the referee, like, no, 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 I'm the referee. You need to get out. No, you need to get out. No, you need to get out. It was great. Uh, Candace hits EO with the belt, goes for the pinfall. EO kicks out, Spanish fly off the top rope, moonsault, one, two, three. Um, what's, uh, comp- it, it, it was a good match, but compared to everything else on the show, it just didn't hold up. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. 
Just because, like I said, it's a good story, but it is a basic story. And while everyone else on the show were telling some more interesting, unique things, this one just, it wasn't as unique. It was to get over Candace and Johnny as the Ultimo heels, and they did that. Hooray. Uh, And then fucking Tony Storm came out, baby! Tony Storm showed up and was just like, hey, um, it's good to see you. I'm Tony Storm. I'm coming to NXT, and I'm going to fuck you up. And uh, I got very excited about that, very happy, and then I got reminded, oh, wait a minute, we do still need to see who the person in those weird mystery vignettes have been. And so the vignette started to play, and I thought this was just showing them arrive, and then they would come out at the end of the show. No! That is not what they did. Instead, it cuts back to EO in the ring, and I just said, oh, fuck, this gonna be good. And then in my notes, it is just a page of me screaming, Ember Moon, motherfucker! Ember's back, baby! Ember is here! She's she's back! I'm happy! I'm so happy! Ember Moon! Yes! Yes! Ember Moon forever! Embermoon.com! Ember Moon! 100 years! Ember Moon! I got so happy just because, like, I love a good comeback story. The fact that, like, the last time we had heard about Ember in the ring, they were like, I don't know. She said that she might not be able to wrestle ever again. And then this happened. Yes. So happy. In fact, you know what? I'm going to move this match up to a four out of five. I'm going to give it an extra entire half point because of how good the post-match stuff was. Uh, so then we go backstage and we get a promo from Ashanti Adonis because we need to keep making stars on this Ultimo star making show. Uh, Ashanti has the hair of a god and I love it and I want him to be put with Malcolm, Malcolm Bivens more than anything in my entire life. He kicks ass, his promo is phenomenal and I really want him on my TV every week. I really want a ton of Ashanti. I want all the promos, all the Ashanti. Put them with Bivens. Give me more Malcolm Bivens. Give it to me. And now, on to the main event of the evening. Which, of course, is Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. And I, I, I thought I was emotionally prepared, but as he, Kyle was walking in with Undisputed Era, I just went... I don't want him to break up. I don't want him to break up. No. Uh, Kyle looked very focused going into this match. Like, I, I love the fact that neither of them were looking at the title during the intros. They were looking straight at each other, getting ready to just put on a master class, which is what they did. Guys, wrestling is good. Like, I know I'm a person who really loves the storylines, and I love all that extra. I like the seasoning more than I like the steak. No, this is some good fucking steak, though. Good technical shit in the beginning. Balor just holding on to headlocks no matter what O'Reilly would do. I I, I say this is going to go down in history with the other matches that made the NXT title what it was. Sami Zayn versus Neville, Balor versus Joe, Gargano, Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor. I think it's going to go on there. O'Reilly ended up looking super strong. And my favorite part about it is like sometimes a technical match can get boring, but they let it have personality. You saw Kyle have this furious desperation. You saw Finn have arrogance at one point, even playing guitar with Kyle's arm. And what I liked about it is coming off that last match that was very formulaic. This one was not 
formulaic at all. They took weird chances, like Kyle getting kicked in the gut, and usually the babyface would just be like, yeah, and then come back. But no, instead, they he just doubles back in pain and literally holds out a hand like, no, 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 I can't fight right now. I am in such pain. It was a great sell that helped the rest of the match go uh, amazingly uh kyle still fought back he did a knee bar that balor reversed into a sharpshooter that was fucking art there were multiple double downs uh o'reilly got finn in a guillotine but i like that he didn't choke him out all the way just enough to get him down and then just a fucking knee to the skull it was great it was cinematic. Like, there was this moment where O'Reilly's trying to lock Finn in the arm bar, and you see Finn's hands one by one, each finger let go, and before he finally gets, like, knocked out. And that was the moment of the match I said, I do not want Undisputed Era to come out. I don't want them to get involved now. I don't want that. I just want Kyle versus Finn. I don't want any of the extra whatever surrounding this match to interfere with it. I just want this. And luckily, that is exactly what they gave to me. Um, Kyle continues to target Finn's leg while Finn targets the midsection, which I thought was really, really smart. Because I love when you build a story like that where... Both opponents are in critical, in a critical situation because, of course, we know Finn uses the coup de gras as his finisher, a move that would destroy this motherfucker's ribs, rib cage. But also, attacking his leg means that if he does go for it, he could hurt his leg, and then Kyle could sneak in something at the last minute. It's really clever. It takes away their silver bullet, and it makes you wonder, how are they going to get out of that? It was really, really good. Um, the only, and this was the only problem I have with it, and it might be because of how enthralled I was. I thought the ending was really sudden, because they were both beat to shit at the end of it. Both of them bleeding out of their mouths. Finn could barely walk, and uh, he Kyle went for a suplex, I believe. Then Finn rolled through, hit the uh, double stomp, climbed to the top rope, and it took him a while because of his leg. But he hit the coup de gras and gets the victory. I honestly thought it was going to kick, be a kick out. I wouldn't have minded if they went. Five billion more hours because they have very good chemistry together. It was a very, very good match. Um, and I loved Finn after the match because Finn was selling it like his leg was broken. His mouth was covered in blood. Like even when the ref tried to raise his hand, Finn looked at him like, no, no, not after that. No celebrations. No woohoo. My leg is broken. Fuck you. So that all happened. We get a really nice moment of respect between them and then we see the title card and i went okay it's weird that there's no pre-show post-show thing but i kind of don't mind it i kind of don't mind it after all of that but then fucking ridge holland had adam cole for some reason and he beat the shit out of him like he was just holding a beaten down adam cole drops him at ringside all of undisputed era come out and look at finn like the fuck just happened and finn's like i don't know I don't know what just happened. Um, I, and I guess that is another way to build a star is have Ridge Holland beat up Adam Cole. Maybe we could have like a British faction with like with uh, Finn and Ridge and all that. I don't fucking know. It was I gave the match a five out of five and I gave that post show segment a big old what the fuck out of what the fuck because I just don't understand. Um, 
Because uh, I, I guess I got what I wanted. Undisputed Era's not breaking up, but also Ridge Holland is... And I, I don't know, I, I really liked Ridge Holland on NXT this week, but also it doesn't seem like he needed to be put in the main event. I kind of wish they had had, like they were, a lot of people are saying there were going to be two people coming from the main roster down, a woman and a male, and I was like, oh, okay. I was kind of hoping he'd be that, but it wasn't. Um, so overall, very good pay-per-view, made a lot of stars. Uh, some of it worked a la uh, Swerve and fucking Ashanti Adonis and um, Kushida. And then some people it was a little bit weird for, like Ridge Holland or uh, Damian Priest. But it was still a very good pay-per-view. It was, it was fucking phenomenal. Like I, There were moments I could not take my eyes off of the screen. So overall, 4.5 out of 5. I basically just averaged all of my scores for all the matches together. Um, I, I think it'll be a while till we have a 5 out of 5 pay-per-view, I'll be honest. Uh, in, in all honesty, if I had been in like with friends or in a better mood, because I was a little bit salty this afternoon, it, this might have been a 5 out of 5. But who knows? Uh, but I know I will be seeing you guys tomorrow for my review of... Fuck. I have to watch Monday Night Raw. Fuck it, yeah, 5 out of 5. This gets 5 out of 5. AEW gets 5 out of... Everything gets 5 out of 5, because I have to watch Raw. Fuck. Ah, shit. Okay, but until then, remember to tell me what you thought about the show on my Twitter account, at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Help us out by donating to our Patreon. For the price of a cup of coffee a month, you get access to exclusive content. We work our asses off for it, and we make every episode of Fight Boys free just for you guys, and it would mean the world to us if you could support us over there at patreon.com slash a load of BS. And as always, remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!